and welcome to another episode of Golden Africa. My name is Murundi Sarah and allow me to introduce to you a creative genius, a certified gold African and he is slowly changing lives of young people in the creative industry here in Rwanda. Today's episode is one for the books. We have the incredible Malik Rizinde. Most of y'all know him as Malik Shafi. Yup, you heard me right. Here the stars have aligned and we have an episode for you. So listen clearly and you will learn a few life-changing things I have to say. Welcome to Golden Africa, Malik. Thank you very much. I'm very honored to speak to you today. Great. Now, we have a lot to talk about today and I can't wait to pick your mind. But a lot of people who know you know of you they don't know so much about how you got started or how you got to where you are today so please tell us a little bit about that thank you it's been a really amazing journey to be honest it's been a, quite a great roller coaster i started my professional career back in 2009 when i graduated from high school and since then i've done a lot of things in my life to be where i am today or to really define the person i want to be i did videography photography i was once an ict teacher and then i moved into actually creative space working within non-development uh, institutions as a brand director to really then use creative thinking for empowering adolescent girls and i've been also involved really in the growth of um, creative industry in Rwanda I've seen a lot of things going out I was having a conversation with a friend of mine that uh, back in 2012 mm -hmm. someone gave me an assignment to make a list of 12 photographers I could not find 12 professional photographers today if you ask me the same I will give you a list of 200 professional photographers so I've been I would say that I've really been growing with the creative industry in Rwanda and it's been a very amazing it's so inspirational to see that side of you and I mean, everyone starts somewhere. You know, you can't talk about the creative industry here in Rwanda without mentioning Malik Shafi. And that's just a great thing to have on your list of accomplishments. You know, I know you do a lot of work in the creative industry here. You've touched AMI Rwanda, Chinar Rwanda, 63 Creatives Ish Ish and so many more. And that's just currently one particular thing, though, that I've noticed is that even in the corporate work that you do, you've managed to approach it from a creative angle. So how do you strike a balance between the two worlds? So it really took me long to identify the person I want to be and then how I want to do it. I knew that I thrive most in creative space. So I thrive most when I'm working with creative and when we are creating also as a person, I've managed to do a lot of work in corporate or in executive positions, especially in business operation. And then I realized that my biggest difference with so many people in the corporate world is my approach to things when I use a lot of creative thinking to any challenge I meet or anything I want to work on. So and that's why actually I decided to position myself or define myself as a creative operator. So it means that even in my current executive position, for example, at African Management Institute, I really try to look at problem solving in a more creative way. Like, how can I do something in a different way? Like, you don't have to do everything by the book. How mm -hmm. else can you do something and then achieve a greater result? So that's really how I play with it. Wow. That's interesting. Um, but like, how do you balance the corporate side? I get how you take creativity into whatever you do. But something I know a lot of creatives struggle with is finding the corporate side. So how do you balance that side of the spectrum? 
I think it's really about how you position yourself and then how you approach things. Quite often the challenge a lot of uh, young creatives have is that they want to be seen in a different way, right? You want to be seen as someone who is always outside of the norms. And sometimes to change something, you have to be in the norms. And that's really how I approach things. Sometimes I have to operate within the norms so that I can actually manage to influence it better. So if I am going in a corporate meeting, I'm going to talk to corporate people. Then I need to understand their language. I need to position myself as one of them. So otherwise, if I position myself as an outsider, they'll never hear me. If you see what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I get what you mean. So to think outside the box, but operate inside the box. Is that it? Uh, maybe not the box because the box, I feel like I'm also <laughs> going to be stuck there. And then I, don't, I do not want to be stuck in that box. Okay. Uh, it's really more of like, just get close to the box and see what is in the box, right? You don't have to mm. be in the box. They just mm. see what is in the box. So tell people in the box that I hear you well, even if mm. I'm outside the box. <laughs> okay. I like that. Now, a lot of creatives listening to this may be struggling one way or the other, especially when it comes to being paid their worth or fine-tuning what they create to suit the market needs here. So what words of advice would you share on that? How does one carve out success for themselves in this industry? Well, it's unfortunate that people don't really recognize a lot of work that creative put into their jobs. And it's as equal as uh, what a creative put in their jobs. It's as equal as what anyone's do in their jobs. You know, you're a doctor, you work from eight to seven. I don't know, for example, I'm a creative. Sometimes you may even work 24 hours because you don't stop to create when you're creative. And people really have to know their worth and then learn how to say no. You know, it's okay yeah. to say no for a 100k gig for mm. someone who's going to respect you today. And then come back with like 500k because you have mm. told them no. And the biggest mistake that a lot of creative make is that it's to do things for free. Thinking that this person, when they will have cash, they remember about me. That is mm. the biggest mistake. Like never do that. You either get paid or not. But when you start trying to say, oh no, I know Malik. Malik has been in the industry for so long. Let me give him a favor because when he will have money, he will remember about me now. Uh, that's not wow. really work. <laughs> okay. So what, what should one do? Because there's advice that goes around whereby people are like, oh, you have to work for free sometimes so that you can showcase your value to get your foot in the door, you know? Listen, Sarah, if I ask you to come and help work with me on recording a video, right? Mm -hmm. It's because I know that you can do it. And probably mm -hmm. that video, I'm not doing it for free. Why do I have to come to you and then say, do this for me for free so that I can see what you can do. Because by the time I came to you, I already know that you can do the video, right? So maybe don't do that for free. Maybe do it on a discount. Say in ideal world, I'll have charged you maybe 500. So today I'm going to charge you 200. But on my invoice, I would write specifically that this is on a discounted rate. So that in your mind, you already know that I'm worth 500 even if I decided to give you a discount of 300. You see, because mm, yeah. there's no way I will come to you and ask you to do something for me for free. And then something that I've made money from, not knowing that you actually worth that money. You see. Yeah. Mm. Whoa. Like you just slapped me across the face, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> honestly. No, I mean, this is the commonly mistake made by young creatives. Really to say, mm. oh, let me do this for this young brother of mine. 
because one day he'll pay me more. And yeah. by the time you just set yourself to that, they always see you as a cheap person. You do not and want to be seen as a cheap person, you know? That's so true. And a lot of people here in Rwanda, they try to kind of like bully you into doing it for free. And that's so true. Okay, this brings us to the conversation on personal branding, right? Because if you're saying no to 100K uh, and saying you're worth 500K, that's you setting your boundaries. That's you showcasing your personal brand. So I know it's something you're passionate about. So let's talk about it, right? It's crucial to navigate it but it's not very easy to do so i mean some of us even think that personal branding isn't necessary but you're someone whose personal brand is now pretty much a household name here in kigali so what are your key nuggets of success when it comes to personal branding well personal branding is easy to say than to do sometimes you wake up in the morning and you'll be like i'm just gonna brand myself to this and then the next day you get a different opportunity and then you're like mm, maybe i should I should be both, you know, mm. but in a nutshell, a personal branding is, if I may define this um, in a simple way, is that it's who you want to be remembered for or who you want to be referenced for. Like if someone mm. think of Sarah, what do they think of? If you say Malik, what do they think of? Um, mm. And how do you want people to refer you to? So a few mm. years ago, when I had my restaurant, a lot of people started branding me as a restaurateur. And that mm. was really not my aim. Even when I had my restaurant, I just wanted it to be a creative restaurant, a creative space, a space for creative people to come and hang out. And then all mm. of a sudden, people started referring to me like Malik Chap Chap. I really hated it. I mm. enjoyed it. that It helped me to build the brand of my restaurant. Mm. But I hated actually people branding me to my restaurant because that's really not what I wanted to do. So the easy way to approach personal branding is really to think of how you want people to see you and then how you want people to remember you. You know, there is a, if, you, if someone say, I want a best nature photographer and then the number one person that comes in your mind because of how they have branded themselves. And that's mm. really, it goes a little bit above of what you do. It's also mm. about your values, you know. It's what you believe in and how you do things. Now, I know most of you who listen to Golden Africa are creatives or work with creatives. I wanted to let you know that we are open to collaborating with you. So, if this interests you, let us know. Some of our services that we offer are voiceovers, panel moderation, MCing, and audio production, to mention a few. Now, for business inquiries, reach out to us via goldenafricapodcast at gmail.com or smurundibusiness at gmail.com. All this information will be available in the description box down below and we are looking forward to working with you. So let's get back to the episode, shall we? I recently had a conversation a few months ago. I had a very heated debate with some people on Clubhouse when they were saying that I can be one thing on social media and then be one thing as well when I go for a job interview. What's mm. mistake, right? Because mm. nowadays... When people hire you, they Google, they search you, right? They go on Google and then try to find you. They will see what you've written in the past, what you've posted on social media. Yeah. And they will start to think about the person they met in a job interview or in a professional interaction with the person they know on social media. So you mm. really have to think about personal branding in that, in that whole ecosystem. It's like, mm. how do I position myself on social media that relate to the person of who I am? Because you cannot really be too personality. And speaking, to, for example, to the price thing, you don't have to be known as an expensive creative, right? You can mm. be known as an affordable creative. 
Mm-hmm. And then you also don't want to be known as a street creative, someone who do things for free. You see, it's okay yeah. to be known for as affordable creative. But then you also don't want to position yourself as a creative who do things for free because that really won't help you in the long run. Mm. But would you say that that take on personal branding is just too much infusion into capitalism? Because why do I have to be the same person that I am in the corporate world as I am on social media? It's not really about capitalism. It's about values, right? If we Mm -hmm. go to the broader definition of a brand, Mm -hmm. a brand always has values, right? I don't know your favorite coffee. You have a reason you like that particular coffee. I don't Mm -hmm. know your favorite phone. Um, Mm. you have a particular reason you like that phone, right? Mm. It's because of what they believe in and what they create. Mm. And they never really create something outside of what they have positioned themselves to create. Mm. So a person as well, like you have values and your values has to be translated in everything. It cannot really be translated in what you do to make money, but Mm. not be translated in what you do for fun or what you do Mm. when you're speaking to people right? Mm. Um, Your values cannot change. And also remember, when you're talking about branding, a brand has a consistent tone and voice, right? And so your personal brand as Mm -hmm. well. And that's why you find ourselves really have people that inspire us. Because Mm. these people who inspire us have a certain ways they do things and they never change how they do it, right? So I like Steve Jobs because of how he used to approach things. Or I like Elon Musk because of how he speak. Um, <laughs> and and, and they, they never really change. They're so consistent. Yeah. You see? Mm, I yeah. get it. I get it. There can be different sides of you, but they're con- still consistent in terms of the values that you have, but then also the value you bring to the table. I like that. Exactly. Because you're a photographer, for example, you don't have your Instagram feed of photos, right? You can have Instagram of your other photos as well. Or you can speak about other things that are not necessarily photography. But the way mm. you speak about it, the way you take your photos, uh, the way you yeah. speak to people, it needs a little bit of a consistency in it. Like I can connect the dots, you know? Exactly. I see, see what I mean, yeah? Yeah, and that consistency comes with authenticity because if you're faking something, um, one way or the other, you keep forgetting to put that mask on. But if you're authentic about what values you bring to the table and what you stand for, then that consistency will be easier to maintain. Yeah, consistency is what makes people remember you, right? That's because true. I will come to a coffee shop and then I will meet Sarah and then we'll have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And then... I will go somewhere in a meeting at MTN and I'll meet Sarah and then we'll have another conversation. So I'll never mm-hmm. feel like this person is changing because we are meeting in a nightclub or meeting here. And the problem yeah. is, by the way, the problem is that sometimes people want to connect about differences on really small things like how do I wear or mm. how do I react on a certain thing. That's really not what I'm talking about. It's not about that. In a corporate yeah. world, I need to yeah. dress like this. And then on my yeah. social media, I need to dress like this. We don't really, it doesn't really matter on how you dress. It's more of mm. like, where is the reason behind? Exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. what you wear doesn't really matter. It's more so how you exactly. present yourself. Besides, like mm-hmm. there's this thing uh, people say all the time, oh, you have to dress well, so at least you can get your foot in the room. And I'm just like, these people you see in suits work for people who wear pajamas all day. So, you know, ca- <laughs> exactly, exactly. 
not that I'm supporting wear pajamas like in, in public, but you get what I mean? Yeah. As we wrap up this conversation, I know it seems like we just started, but there's this thing that's been bothering me for a while, right? As someone who is slowly establishing my personal brand and my business, I've received a few messages from people pitching themselves to me for a job or mm. an internship or an interview where they want to quote unquote pick my brain for free. And in an extreme case, someone has reached out to me that I basically give them my entire business model and I quote, <laughs> and all the logistics involved. And this was the first conversation we've ever had. So this got me thinking that we do need a little bit of training in the do's and don'ts of shooting your shot. I know you receive like tens or hundreds of these messages per month. So what's your script? Also, other than your script, what's the worst message of, that you've received? And what's the best one that you've received? Okay, interesting. Um, this is a lot of questions in one. Uh, I by know. the way, one, <laughs> thing that, <laughs> one thing I strongly believe in is uh, shooting your shot, right? You really... I don't know really I really don't know how to translate that in English. Um mm, exactly, yes. Mm, okay. It's basically that if you know that someone there is somewhere a chance for you to get something, mm-hmm. you're just gonna try it. Mm-hmm. You know? There's no yeah. reason you should not try it. And then I guess that's why they call it, they, in English, they say shoot, to shoot your shots. Yeah. <laughs> and I am a stronger believer on that. About two years, about three years ago, when I decided to change my career uh, from where I was working and find a new job, mm-hmm. I basically made a list of people that I should meet and then tell them that I'm ready to change jobs and then I need a job. Mm-hmm. All the three people I approached gave me a job. Ooh. Um, and then, of course, I had to decide where I fit best. And that was really one of my biggest learning at that time, that if you really know your worth and you know people that can give you a chance, never be shy to get into that. So really that I will encourage everyone to literally like jump on that. And then I think if you're asking me my best, I'll say that was one of my best. Mm-hmm. Um, so my take on that is if you want an opportunity and then you want to ask someone an opportunity, please go for it. Mm-hmm. That's more for young people, right? Um, yeah. If you feel like you need an internship or you need a job and then you know someone that can get that to you, don't mm-hmm. be shy, you know, go for it. They will give it to you or they may not give it to you. Don't feel bad about it. There's something about the younger generation now. I'm sorry to keep using this terminology. There's something <laughs> about the younger t- generation now. They mm-hmm. really hate someone to tell them no, but it's okay. Take it. It will make you strong, you know? Yeah. Um but then also it has to have some respect. It's really not respecting someone to wake up in the morning and say, hey, give me your business model. That is different to shoot your shot. That's someone who want to take advantage from yeah. all your struggles. You know, you've been struggling for years, trying to find what platforms that works well. You tried Zoom, you are now on a different mm-hmm. platform. You started the solo, you now have mm-hmm. a producer. And then mm-hmm. just all of a sudden someone's like, hey, give me this to me so that I can go to Strive. Right. (laughs) 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 How about you pay me? I become your producer. Oh, my company start producing you, you know? Right. Um, And that's not really shooting your shoe. That's someone who wants to do something Mm -hmm. with less effort. 
And then usually if someone tell me something like that, I tell them no. Or I'm like, mm. oh, yes, that really sounds good. But I think my company offers those type of services. Can I send you an invoice for that? Or can I send exactly. you a quotation for that? You know, mm-hmm. but then if you come to me and say, Malik, I would want to talk to you. Um, I would want to pick your brain on something or I would want to advise on something. It's okay to have a cup of coffee um, mm-hmm. and then have a small chat about it. Uh, and look, mm. I, I did computer science at school, in high school mm. and, and university. And I've never used computer science in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am where I am because of people I met. Like the mm. people who gave me time to talk to me, the people who mentored me, the people who believed in me and say, Malik, I, I think you can do this. I, there's this fun story I tell people. Um, in, in one of the promotion I got in my life for, um, I was going to be, I was going to be promoted to a project manager position. Mm. And then my boss back and then look at me and was like, Malik, I think you can be a good project manager. And we are going to promote you to a project manager position. I swear to God, I did not know what a project manager was. Mm. I went back home. I spent mm. sleepless night Googling, first of all, meaning of project manager, job and responsibilities for project manager. Yeah. Um, I managed to get where I am today because people believed in me. And yeah. I feel like I, that I also owe that to the world. So mm. when a young person comes to me and say, Malik, I want to talk to you. I want an internship. I want to shadow you. I actually feel bad because I cannot have time to give everyone time. You know, mm. I mm-hmm. wish I had 48 hours in my life so that 24 <laughs> hours can be dedicated to other things. And then another 24 hours can be dedicated to empower uh, right. or work with everyone else who want to do that. To close, mm-hmm. if it's someone with capability to pay, they should pay mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. If it's a young person who wants to learn, you should have that conversation. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much how I will sum it. Mm. I like mm. that. I like that you're very nice about it. I would personally say that you have to not just showcase the value that you bring to the table, but then also low-key you have to learn how to talk to people. You know, I would say, let's say if I'm trying to pitch myself to you, right? I have to start with saying, oh, Malik, I admire the work that you've done with this and this. I would want to do the same for myself. So if you have any time in your week, maybe one hour for a coffee, how about I take you out for a meeting? Not necessarily that, but something like that. Oh, yes. There's a bit of like a, an equation. <laughs> Oh, yes, 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 yes. I did not really go into the formula of asking and mm-hmm. the polite way of asking. But mm-hmm. really, everything should have a script, you know. Mm. Um, I should not just wake up in the morning and then say, Oh, Sarah, by the way, I saw you are doing podcasts. Please let's meet. I want to hear about your podcast. No, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, if you have hearing, if, you, if I've been following your podcast, I should start even referring my favorite podcasts. You know, I've listened. Uh, otherwise, what, what, what proves that I've been listening to your podcast? By exactly. The way, you know? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> oh, so my it, God. It's need to have a script. It's need to have a formula. Um, yeah. I actually, I remember once I told someone that I really admired their work. And they was mm. like, hmm, what do you admire about my work? And luckily enough, I've been following this person for so long. I, I had 
really practical examples on um, what I admired about their, their work because I was asking for mentorship. And then it's like, I don't want you to mentor me on your job because I don't want to do your job. But mm. I, I like how you speak to people. I like how you approach this. Then this is really what I want to hear from you. You know, you have mm. to go to someone also knowing exactly what you want. Exactly. Because remember, that person is going to give you their free time. So you better really use it in the best way. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I wish we could talk all day, but I know there's so much more that you want to say. So as we conclude, what's your last message? Just one key word of advice to whoever is listening, the creative out there who's listening. Um, find your voice and go mm. for it. Um, mm. It takes so long to find your voice. When I mean your voice is like, who do you want to be, you know? You are creative, but is that enough? You know, do you want to be a photographer? Do you want to be a filmmaker? Do you want to be a producer? Do you want to be what, you know? Find your voice and then follow your voice, you know? Try things and then make sure that whatever you are trying will just get you to that one particular thing that you'd always want to be remembered for. Mm. So, legacy. Yes. I love that. Thank you so much for coming on Gold in Africa. I know I took your spare time, but it goes um, valued, surely. Thank you. No worries. This was fun. I wish we had more time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> next time. Next time. <laughs> no worries. Thanks a lot. You too. All right. Today's episode was something that honestly hit every spot for me. And I hope it did the same for you. So if you're going to take one thing and one thing only from this episode, let it be. Don't be entitled learn how to find your voice find your way into this world and be able to project the value that you provide to the world and that's just what personal branding is really it's just all about you finding your value within yourself and projecting that value so that other people can see the value that you bring to the table that's it for today's episode i thank you for listening and thank you again malik for coming through and as always stay gold and go get it Thank you.